listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you peace. Amen. We have another tremendous and beautiful and wonderful day, All Souls Day. This is a distinctively Catholic day, right? <laughs> Catholics were known for believing in purgatory, right? And um, praise God. Really, it's just a tremendous day. Uh, let's remember to get to a cemetery today, actually the first eight days of November, to pray for the deceased to gain indulgences for them. Um, and if you're wondering where the nearest cemetery is, it's just a few feet up the hill. We have a little cemetery here. So um, those wonderful prayers. Um, today is so interesting, isn't it? Purgatory is so interesting, so mysterious. You know, there, there are elements of our faith, heaven, hell, and purgatory, that are just mysterious and it's interesting. And many, many of us, we, we feel very curious about all of that, mostly because that's where we're going. <laughs> Right? And so it's like, what, what do I need to know? Not knowing feels uncomfortable, right? It's, it's mysterious. And, and, and here's the thing. Purgatory is one of those topics. It's one of those topics. Brother Pius and I were chatting, as we often do, and uh, there are all these books of private revelations of different people, including some saints who claim to have had encounters with souls from purgatory and different teachings on purgatory. And, uh, so if you've ever had a chance to read some of that, it gets really wild, really fast. You know, it's like, whoa, there's all kinds of interesting things. Um, we think of Fatima. Uh, there is the story, which I think I almost despaired the first time I read this, that the children asked Mother Mary about this girl from their village who died. I think she was a teenager. And, uh, or they, maybe they'd asked about several people. And, uh, you know, this one is with me in heaven now or whatever. This other one, it was some girl. And Mother Mary told the children she will be in purgatory until the end of time. It's like, whoa. I was like, oh my goodness, what did she do? You know, in 1917 and a portrait anyways. So that one's a little tough. Um, and then uh, there is this thing about, will you bring Francisco to heaven? And Mother Mary makes the comment, yes, but he'll need to say many rosaries first. It's like, what did he, what did he do? You know, it's like, uh, so there's a mystery at work there. And there are all these other wild stories. Um, some of my favorite are from St. Padre Pio. You know how much we love Padre Pio here. And um, he had all these, allegedly, these encounters with people from purgatory. And he used to say that at his mass, when he's at the altar, there were more souls from purgatory there than people. And you remember the, the images of his mass, right? There was packed with all these people. And, uh, and that kind of bears witness to a very ancient belief in Catholicism that of all the prayers that we can do, Holy Mass is the most efficacious for the souls in purgatory. And uh, so on a day like today, and especially, uh, we remember all of them. And the whole thing is just so mysterious. So um, here's what I was thinking. Uh, we do have all these stories of all these private revelations about purgatory. Just be careful. Be careful with all of that. <laughs> you know, There's even some mystics and visionaries who claim like purgatory is their special calling or whatever. And... Um, that may or may not be true, but let's stick with what the church teaches, you know? So once again, I'm pulling out my catechism. Like we cannot go wrong with sticking with the church. And uh, the catechism, uh, this is the catechism, uh, has just one page on purgatory. 
and it's so well done. Purgatory's mentioned in a few other places, but there's just one page, so it's so well done. The footnotes are excellent. And uh, so just some highlights from what the church actually teaches about purgatory. Um, this is paragraph 1030 and following. For those who want to look it up later, it's so good. Uh, so this is the catechism. All who die in God's grace and friendship, but still imperfectly purified, are indeed assured of their eternal salvation. So these are people who are saved. They're on their way to heaven. But after death, they undergo a purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. The church gives the name purgatory to this final purification of the elect, which is entirely different from the punishment of the damned. That's a really important point because I've seen mystics say it's, it's hellfire. It's, that's heresy. The church teaches it is not. The fire of purgatory is entirely different from the fire of hell. And there's a footnote there, Council of Florence, Council of Trent, Pope Benedict XII. And yeah, so it's, so it's a very, it's different than hell. The church formulated her doctrine of faith on purgatory, especially at the councils of Florence and Trent. The tradition of the church, by reference to certain texts of scripture, speaks of a cleansing fire. So there are a few passages in the Bible that speak of a cleansing fire, 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Peter 1. And then there's a little quote here from Pope Gregory the Great, one of the early great popes. As for certain lesser faults, we must believe that before the final judgment, there is a purifying fire. He who is truth says that whoever utters blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will be pardoned neither in this age nor in the age to come. From this sentence, we understand that certain offenses can be forgiven in this age, but certain others in the age to come. And that's a quote from Pope Gregory the Great. He's offering a commentary on a line that Jesus said. Um, and then the catechism continues. This teaching is also based on the practice of prayer for the dead already mentioned in sacred scripture. And there, here's a quote from the book of 2 Maccabees chapter 12. Therefore, Judas Maccabeus made atonement for the dead that they might be delivered from their sin, unquote. From the beginning of the church has honored the memory of the dead and offered prayers and suffrage for them. Above all, the Eucharistic sacrifice, so that, thus purified, they may attain the beatific vision of God. The Church also commends almsgiving, indulgences, and works of penance undertaken on behalf of the dead. And then there's a quote from St. John Chrysostom. Let us help and commemorate them. If Job's sons were purified by their father's sacrifice, why would we doubt that our offerings for the dead bring them some consolation? Let us not hesitate to help them, those who have died, or to offer our prayers for them. End of quote. So that's the that's the whole thing on purgatory right there. When the catechism is so good, right? So just a couple of thoughts to, to kind of wrap it together. Um, so purgatory is real. It's been revealed by God. It's taught by the church. So, um, And it is some sort of purification after death. So on the one hand, purification does imply suffering. There is the suffering of purgatory. But it's a suffering that makes the person ready to be in heaven, to be ready to be in the presence of, the, of God, to see the, the one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The beatific vision is seeing God as he is. And so it must be that uh, in order to be able to do that, you need to be ready. And it's the God who is love. For me, my favorite analogy, and maybe this is more helpful for the kids here, is the car wash. 
you know, the car wash, nobody lives there. You pass through, right? But there's, a, especially the one with the, what do you call those things that spin? Brushes, you know, and, you know, then you keep going and there's soap and water, you know, so that that's my favorite image of purgatory. And you come through and you're nice and clean um, and ready to be with God in, in his presence. Um, and, it, and it must be the case that um, it is something that God does. You know, uh, St. Paul in that quote from 1 Corinthians 3 makes reference to a fire that somehow purifies us. And he says, all the things that is selfishness is like stone or is like um, wood and straw. It will be burned by the fire. But anything that is, is not selfishness, that is good and holy and beautiful, will be something like gold and silver. It's purified of its dross through the fire, right? So all these na- analogies are ways that the Bible speaks of the purification that God will do in us. And uh, the mysterious thing would be because we are united with one another in the church, you know, in the sense that the church is one body, in the mystery of God's plan, we here in the church militant, we who are still here on earth, we have the ability to help them. It's actually uh, one of the works of mercy is to bury the dead and to pray for the dead. That in the mystery of God's plan, God's love, God who invites us to see each other as family, we can help. And that the souls in purgatory are in a position where they can no longer help themselves because of the moment of death, you transition to a different way of living. And, um, and so they are av- available for our mercy that we as their brothers and sisters, we can help them. I find that really beautiful and captivating and, and interesting, you know, that somehow our prayers, our sacrifices, our offerings can help them and that we um, could express our love and affection for them through praying for them, for uh, offering indulgences and uh, sacrifices and penances for them. And um, St. Padre Pio, in one of his letters, had made the comment, well, certainly they won't forget you. If you help them, they will help you. You know, once they're in heaven, they can pray and intercede for us as well. And again, it, it helps us to understand purgatory, not necessarily as some strange little thing over here, but as a, a part of the whole of our faith. You know, that this journey that we're on of purification and growing in holiness, not only be forgiven of our sins, but the healing of the effect of sin, all the remnants of selfishness and, and et cetera. But then also that there's an element here that is open for us to help each other. You know, and, and to minister to one another and to pray and intercede. I find that really just extremely profound and beautiful and inspiring. You know, certainly we are being purified now through the things we suffer, but that purification is brought to completion in some state that the church attaches the word purgatory because you are being purged of your the effects of your sin. And But all of that is ultimately um, evidence of the tremendous love and grace of God the tremendous love and grace of God. So today is a day to thank the Lord for his grace, to thank the Lord for the for the salvation and in the, the process by which the salvation fully permeates us so that when we finally make it to heaven, we will be completely and totally um, purified and on fire with his love. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans Thank you.